So, is that, oh, here we uh, go. Oh, whoa. So, <laughs> right. So, uh, this necklace that I'm wearing that you guys can't see, but I'm wearing it right now. Uh, I just sent you guys some pictures cause it's so cool. I'm really excited about it. I've had it for a little while now. Uh, uh, you see on the back, it says, uh, glass from the smilers crashed car and it's a mad 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 world do you guys know what oh, that wow. is do you know what uh, it is is that rat race but older <laughs> <laughs> well yes <laughs> <laughs> i cannot say no to that yes yeah, so so it's uh it's from the movie it's a mad 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 world uh from the very beginning of it there's uh uh who is it it's uh uh jimmy durani Right, right. Jimmy Durante, who uh, fl- he's driving like crazy and he and, and passes all these cars and he drives right off of the side of the road, crashes down this cliff kind of thing, you know, out in the desert. And and then they all run down to to see if he's OK. And that's what kicks off this whole crazy movie. <laughs> and this is actual glass from the car that this guy, Dave Woodman, went down. He found the location. He climbed mm-hmm. down the hill. And he found wow. all kinds of pieces. He found like things that had the movie name on them down there from that were there since the filming and things. And so he collected all this glass, found that it was all the right kind, all the pieces he found and everything were the right kind to be on that kind of car that was used in the oh, movie. Wow. <laughs> and now he and now he makes jewelry with it and he sells it. And I uh it took quite a while before I could finally buy one, but uh that's mine. Yeah. So I have I have jewelry I, from I, that. I love that movie. Me too. I haven't seen it yet. <gasps> Nor Me have either. I. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my <you> guys. <laughs> it's on my list. Um, I'm Lisa Gonzalez, and I have not seen It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Ah, too many mads. Oh, dang it. <laughs> One too many. Want <laughs> to do it again? No, that's good. <laughs> <Nope>. Okay. <laughs> I'm Andrew Lindy, and I have seen It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. I'm Bethany Brinton. I have not seen It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. I'm Cheryl Jones, and I have seen It's a Mad, 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 Mad World many times. And I'm Joe Myers, and I have never seen this um, world. (laughs) (laughs) And this is It's on My List. I I want to address it. So, Bethany, you said that you said you compared this film to Rat Race. Yes. Is Rat Race something that you grew up watching and loved, or, or no? no, actually? But I, I very much remember. I don't know why. I think I was just at like the impressionable age where anything I saw on TV was emblazoned into my mind. But I remember the ads for that being thrown around like huge. Like Rat Race was like the biggest like comedy thing that summer that they were trying to get everybody to go see. Yeah. and and I mean basically the the concept was sort of similar where everybody's every man for himself running towards something. I've honestly never seen the movie, but when, (laughs) but whenever I think whenever someone tries to describe mad, 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 mad world to me, 
that's the only like other comparison that I can think of <laughs> without yeah, and it was ever having seen having seen rat, that. <laughs> yeah, Rat Race was very much a modern attempt at mm. this movie. It, I mean, they did it differently, but it was that same concept. Yeah, like you said, there's a thing. A bunch of different people are trying to get to it, mm-hmm. and it's all kinds of funny people put in yes. one movie together, but shorter. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch that one then. <laughs> <laughs> See, the only other that I've seen like this would would have been Cannonball Run. Oh um, yeah, yeah, that's which a is probably idea. yeah, yeah. In in essence, anyway. Yeah. yeah. I I am already starting to feel like this is the second movie that I've been like, oh my god, I really love this movie. You got please, let's do this one, and I I kind of already feel like none of you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm really going to, I was very disappointed with Pelham and I'm going to be even more disappointed if you didn't find something to love in this movie. I I, want to start by saying, okay, so there are different cuts of this movie. Yeah. Mm. Um, Because what happened was this movie, as originally presented, it was, um, what, what do you call that? Where it's the three screens it was, oh, it was, it was cinema cinerama yeah yeah so the three strip cinerama and it was there was a road show version of the oh. movie yeah so when they you know first put it on you know whatever home video or played it on tv it got edited down and and cut up uh, yeah and so ever since then purists are attempting to recreate what was originally seen Oh. Uh, in that original theatrical appearance. So the original cut, according to different sources, is 210 minutes long. Um, what I watched was called the extended cut offered on uh, the Criterion Channel's online you know, streaming service. Uh, the extended cut is something like three over three hours, almost three and a half hours long. And honestly, I would not recommend a first-time watcher to do the extended cut. No, that's for, the, that's for it, people who are really into it. Yes, because <laughs> they use, as much as I think of the Criterion channel and Criterion in general as trying to put out you know, the highest quality product, this extended cut is not a high-quality product. <laughs> they use a lot of different cuts, and you can tell when it's moving from one film to another, one cut to another, uh, there's one scene uh, where the only cut that they could get had baked in subtitles, like subtitles wow. for a different that's language on top oh, of wow. the film. <laughs> oh, that's and that's really just two minutes of that. And I, I wondered why, you know, why did they feel the need to include it? It's because they were trying to use every single piece. Yeah. And there were even scenes where there's even scenes where they don't have the film, but they have the audio. So they're oh, playing audio over what? still images. Oh wow! Yeah, no, that's wow. So I do enjoy "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World," but I would say don't watch the extended cut if it's going to be your first watch. <laughs> yeah, you'll be uh, very and, confused. And don't watch it if if you're trying to just enjoy it for a podcast, maybe. <laughs> watch the just standard cut it's perfectly long enough as it is and it's very fun perfectly long is a great way to describe it <laughs> i mean look in fairness it does have an intermission so you can, does? Uh, i chose i was watching it in the evening so i chose to stop at the intermission and pick it up the next day but, but then i know the movie really well so there wasn't going to be any kind of issue with me remembering what happened you know mm-hmm. but 
but I have seen the movie at the the Cinerama Dome in Hollywood. They every time that's they very do, cool. Yeah, like when they do a seventy millimeter, because that's where they originally showed it in the three strip Cinerama, of course. Uh, I have not seen it in that version, but uh, I have seen it in you know seventy millimeter, kind of approaching that uh, a few times there. And they've shown it at the Egyptian in 70 millimeter as well. Uh, That's I th- really cool. I think it's a better experience in the theater, even though it is very long. But uh, I don't know. I think it just all works a little bit better in the theater than at home. But I still think it works at home. That's just me. So. Oh, I en- I, I I liked it, you know, first okay. time viewing. I enjoyed it. Um it's it is hard to you know to say like I'll I'll sit down and watch it anytime, but um, I would but love yeah, to no. see it at the Cinerama Dome. But yeah. I all of these great comedians that you know that's pretty much what I grew up on were these you know from the Three Stooges from Buster Keaton all the way, yes. you know uh, it, it's just great. Yeah, it was long, <laughs> um, but the bits and uh, Jonathan Winters. I mean, come on, <laughs> right? I He's, love him he makes so the whole much. movie. Yeah, he really truly does. I mean, there's just like I. I mean, I took ten pages of notes on this, but it's. The, <laughs> I, I took I, what I wrote down was kind of like each scene change, basically, uh, and then just sort of keeping track. Also, like I made a note in the margin cameo every time there was a cameo because you have a you have this huge crew of amazing comedians, comedic actors of the time who are the core characters. And then you have when you have additional ones that come in later, but you have like so many cameos right. from people mm-hmm. of the time. Like you said, everybody from Buster Keaton to Jack Benny to uh, 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 Jerry Lewis, the Three Stooges, like everyone was in this movie. <laughs> it's crazy. And I mean, nobody's ever done that to that extent again. Right. I, I read something that this was like the first big major budget comedy of its type. So it, yeah. at the time, even if they were casting this, I guess the buzz for this movie was insane. And it was like, had to have been one of the most anticipated movies of that, you know, to come yeah. out that year in 1963. Well, and I at re- the, okay. oh, sorry, <laughs> at, at the uh, Cinerama Dome, I think it was premiered there, right? They they built the yeah, I think so, they, yeah. yeah they built it and they premiered it because if you if you go down to the the bottom level where they have the theaters and off to I think the left if they haven't moved it they have a little like case kind of displaying the premiere and like the original posters and like here's what it looked like and here's a few photos of the premiere of Mad 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 World. Yeah. And if you go over to the Hollywood Museum at Hollywood and Highland in the old Max Factor building, um, they have a thing in there of uh, from the end sequence with the uh, the fire truck ladder, uh, they, they have a model from that that was used with all the characters on it and everything. Oh, cool. it's really, yeah, it's really cool to see that. But we'll get to that <laughs> um, somehow. I don't know how to approach this movie at all. So, <laughs> and and it's really unusual because the director Stanley Kramer was known for like serious movies. Yeah. Right. He did Judgment at Nuremberg. He did Inherit the Wind, like different uh, dramas that you wouldn't expect this guy to do comedy. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that was kind of the deal where he wanted to get as many working comedians, working comic actors at the time into the film just to make sure it was funny enough. Like he 
Oh my God. <laughs> he really wanted to pack it full. <laughs> right. Cause like just in like the lead roles, you, I mean, you've got Spencer Tracy, who's not necessarily comedic though. He is in this. You got Milton Burroughs, Sid Caesar, who's one of my all time personal heroes. Oh, yeah. uh, Buddy Hackett, <laughs> Ethel Merman, who's amazing oh, in this. Oh my God. Um, Jonathan Winters. Uh, I mean, I've lost track of every, Oh wait, here. Uh, Phil Silvers. Phil Silvers. Yeah, Silvers. IMDb. Uh, Edie Adams, Peter Falk. Oh, Peter Falk. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and this is the connection I like the, cause Peter Falk comes in later as a cab driver and the other mm -hmm. cab driver, there's two. The other one is Eddie Rochester Anderson, who used to be on the Jack Benny show. And Jack Benny has a quick cameo earlier <laughs> in the movie as well. So I love, for me as a huge fan of the Jack Benny show, I love that they're both in that. The cast isn't, I mean, it's like all the extras are probably somebody famous. Oh, yeah. The, the cast oh, just yeah. goes yeah. on and on and on. Yeah, it's insane. Like so many people just pop up and you're like, I don't even know who that is, but I know it's got, it had to be somebody back then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, and then uh, as Sylvester, Dick Sean, my God, he's amazing in this. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean, he's hilarious <laughs> in the producers, right? So, yes. uh, and, that's where yeah. I've seen him. Oh yes. my gosh. Yes. As soon as he started doing that dance, I'm like, I have seen that before. <laughs> I do, I do that dance periodically, <laughs> like the dance that the woman does. <laughs> Department. Oh my god! Oh my god! I love their scenes of just him driving down the road, like "Mama, I'm coming to you, Mama." Mama. He's, he's I've never so seen insane. anyone angry dance as <laughs> 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 much as that so woman. Good. Oh my god! So good. Uh, so good! The way he's dancing around her, like hitting his head and stuff, like he's so uh, good. He's okay, so, so yes, I, okay, I've seen him dance uh, as Hitler. That's where yes, I've seen him. Correct, dance. you have. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> The only guy who could possibly do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And Ethel Merman in this playing the mother-in-law to Milton Burl. Oh, I just, wow, I, God. and, and this is, that's the character that like, I had seen this movie a million times at home and she was annoying. Right. But when the first time that we went to a big 70 millimeter festival, at the Cinerama Dome, and we saw it as a family there and you had the big sound besides the big oh, picture. Oh my and every God. time she wags her finger at him, which she does constantly, she has all these bracelets on her wrist and they yes. rattle every time. I'm like, oh, now I get why she's so extra annoying. Like, I just wanted to murder her with that sound every time. Like, yes. I was like, oh, this really brought another level to the movie. I love it. <laughs> She kind of makes the movie. Well, John oh, yeah. the Winters and her just kind of like, yes. I just wanted her to be left behind so many, oh, so many times. Just yeah, kick her she, out of the yeah, car. Yeah, she's just a miserable, like the quintessential mother-in-law. Oh, yeah. You know, it just, yeah, drives everybody crazy. And that's the beauty of it is like, if progressively through the movie, every character gets annoyed with her and is like, all right, enough. You know, so... <laughs> <laughs> Which sets up the payoff at the very end. I was going to say, yeah, the, yes. the end payoff is great. It's fantastic. But, and then, you, and then, yeah, Jonathan Winters, and he has a scene in this movie that is absolutely legendary uh, it, at the gas station. The gas when station, he, yeah. Yeah, when he ends up at this gas station that's brand new in the middle of the desert and absolutely destroys it, every single out. bit of it. What? He fully hulks out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
what are the he's like taped up to a chair and he just like rips it open and throws people through the through the walls and he and he 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 walks through a wall i thought he was taped like to a chair to a column of the building because he walks forward and there's like a column that that crumbles yeah. underneath him. Uh, I, I watched a documentary on this and one of the things uh, they, they interview a lot of the cast on it and I guess they, they had uh, cut for lunch and forgot that yeah. Jonathan Winters was still taped to the chair and he was left there for like an hour and they said he was pissed off yeah. when everybody came back. I would have been in the hot desert. Loose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Imagine. That's funny. I wrote it all down and then I, now I can't find it. Like, cause there's so many things I can't figure out where anything. Oh, uh, Arnold Stang and Marvin Kaplan were the two guys, Ray and Irwin at the gas station. One of them oh, I had, read that one of them I uh, actually had a broken wrist or something and they hid it under his uh under his like work uniform. Wow. Oh if wow. You look carefully you can you can see he doesn't move that arm as much. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. I wonder if he broke it on set. He's I believe the yeah, story maybe. was that he broke it right before filming and was oh. like please, please don't fire me. <laughs> cover it. It's fine. Oh. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like at the very start of this movie, when you have Jimmy Durante and he's lying on the ground down at the bottom of this cliff and everybody goes down there and he tells them this sets up the entire movie. Of course, he tells them that there's that they need to go out this thing. He's going to give it to them that it's there's 350 G's in Rosa, Rosita Beach. Ro, yeah, Rosita Beach uh, State Park. Um, there's a box buried under a big W. And so that drives the whole thing. A big W and then and like they think he dies. It's this part is so funny, Cheryl. I want to make sure that <laughs> it is hit, funny. We hit on it is very so good about this. He goes through this whole thing. He's he turns to right. one of them and he's like, "Tell tell me it doesn't matter." And they're like, "Tell him it doesn't matter." <laughs> you know, he tells him and then he he falls over and they're all just like, "Oh my god!" And then he 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 kind of uh, convulses and literally kicks a bucket. Yeah, he comes yep. back. He like says another thing, and then yeah, and then literally yeah, kicks the bucket. Kicks I, the bucket, and that is so funny. And then they, the, <laughs> the film, the the writers, these actors are not satisfied with how funny that is. They have to do one more thing. <laughs> Absolute perfection. Jonathan Winters stands up and he says, "Well, he's dead." That's so funny because it would be so easy for them to say he kicked the bucket, but yes. they don't. They go back the other way, and that makes it funnier. That's the kind of movie that this the, is, where they, yes, they know true. how to ring out the entire joke, and they do it. That's why this movie's three hours long, right? But it's also they do worth it, yeah. It, it's funny every time. Oh yeah. Well, and the and as the, through that whole sequence before, like when they're thinking about going down the hill, they all first meet, and then when they come back up, and, and Milton Berle just keeps doing this thing. He's like, he just sailed right out he there, just, like right yeah. out. He has his hand thing right out there. And when I saw it, I was so delighted when I saw it at the Cinerama Dome. All of us, like so many of us in the theater just went right out there we just clapped our hands and did the movement with him because it's just oh, that's good. <laughs> did you see him They're right out oh. there <laughs> I love that so much They're, the core group that goes down to the wreck it's five men in four cars yes yes and then when they go back up right in the four cars there's two three additional women who didn't go down there 
So there's, so just, I wrote, I wrote out the cars. Yeah. If that, if you want to get, so, so, cause of course I did. Uh, so one car is Milton Burl as Russell, Dorothy Levine as Emmeline, and then Ethel Merman. I can never, whatever her name is. Uh, yes. Okay. And then the second car is Sid Caesar as Melville and Edie Adams as Monica. Mm-hmm. Third car is Mickey Rooney as Dingbell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is his character's <laughs> name. Uh, and Buddy Hackett as Benji. And then the fourth car is just Jonathan Winters as Lenny Pike in his moving van. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So who does does everyone have a favorite group? Oh gosh. Oh Jonathan mine Winters. Is, mine is definitely Mickey Rooney and Buddy Hackett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably on um, probably Sid Caesar. <laughs> I like I like their their little uh, jaunts. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm just a fan of Sid Caesar and yeah. uh so I kind of have to lean toward that one I think but I do love Milton Berle and Ethel Merman together so I don't know it's one of those two yeah my two favorites like... sorry go ahead was, uh Jonathan Winters and Buddy Hackett I wish they yeah. would have been in the car together oh that would have been <laughs> great <laughs> <I've> been, yeah <laughs> and then you have but then you have um I'm just gonna keep of, doing this Spencer Tracy course. yeah uh, as the police captain who uh, who pretty much tells us what what's happening like yeah, every he's, time he's that, that exposition and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah but he but at the same time he's in cat like he has some issues going on that he wants he's been at the police station and he's been working there an awfully long time he wants a better uh, retirement um, so he's pushing for that and uh I'm trying to find my notes. His yeah, wife Cole, and daughter. He's Culpepper. Yeah, Captain Culpepper. And yeah, and and so he wants a better deal for that. He wants vacation time, all that. Um, and then, yeah, he's got a wife and daughter who argue at home. And so he's kind of like, I'm just done. You know, by a certain point in this, he is done. But so he figures into this as well as he's tracking all these people. And he's been tracking Smiler and this, this it was a tuna, a tuna factory robbery is where the money came from. Um, but he's been tracking this forever. And so now it's finally coming down to the wire on this. They're going to get this, but he kind of changes his, what side of this he's on, mm-hmm. you know? I was a little confused as to how, <laughs> how he, he kind of knew it was happening. Cause I would, am I wrong? Or were the first two guys after the group of five people that went down to Jimmy Durena, were those two guys cops or were they just saying they were cops? Yeah. It comes across like they're just saying it at first, but I think they actually are. They are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Cause at first I thought it was like a red herring where they're like, Oh no, we're not where we were like, I don't know. They were going to say they worked for that guy or something. And then I got confused with the, with the case, but you don't, you don't really need to understand all the intricacies of this plot. You just see as it goes along, you see more and more that there are, that there, that there are police officers stationed in various areas and they are reporting back to Culpepper about where each car is, what each car is doing. And then they, they decide not to interfere in any of it because they want to see how this plays out mostly because Culpepper at that point wants the money himself. So he's going to let them go find it so he can get it. But uh, yeah, so it's interesting to see that they've got like helicopters and officers stationed here and there. And uh, yeah, so they're just watching everything happen. Which I did have to crunch some numbers that 350,000 would be 2.9 million today. Yeah. I did that right away. Thank you for doing (laughs) that. I didn't even bother. Wow. 
That is a good deal of money. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, 350000 that's not even a down payment on a house in LA. <laughs> right. If only yeah, they'd taken the shares. <laughs> yeah. Ah. yeah, they initially try to work out, okay, so if we're, if we're going to go get this money, how do we work this out? Who gets what? And then it's one share per person. No, and then you get another share for the car. You get a share for the, and they just cannot figure Sid, it Sid out. Sid has the, the best system and it's still, <laughs> yes. the greed yes. overtakes all. That's the thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is why they end up just going, okay, every man for himself. Let's go. We'll be right back with more. It's on my list. Hi, this is Cheryl. You've heard me on It's On My List, but have you heard me on my long-running show, Movies Made Me? Every two weeks, I sit down with a guest who shares the five movies that made them who they are. We also go beyond movies to talk about three other things that influence them to be them. You'll hear from everyone from a coffee shop waitress to Clancy Brown as we delve into the movies that shaped our philosophies, careers, and lives. Hear it on mmmpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. I will say I did like, for, for yes, how long it was, and, and <laughs> I had to pause and get up and go do things and come back. <laughs> but, but yes, I, I do like all of the bits and all of the, the scenes, and especially the kind of rotating... <clears throat> excuse me, cast of characters you get. Because um, if, if we had just stuck with these, however many people, can't remember the math, eight, <laughs> eight, eight-ish eight people the whole time, it kind of, it would have been good. But the, the the people that kind of get dragged into this are also hilarious. Yeah, because that's <laughs> Especially how you when get... they coalesce. They're like, who are you? How did you get here? Right, because ah! <laughs> <laughs> right, you do get Sylvester, Dick Sean, which is, which is uh Emmeline's brother. So who some, was the Brit? Oh, and, here Terry and, Thomas. And Terry, Terry Thomas. Thomas. Oh, yeah, oh my god! Hilarious. With mostly with Milton Berle. He might have been my favorite. Honestly, <laughs> he, he has, really good. Yeah, he has my favorite line in the film, which is when him and and Milton Berle are kind of getting into it. What's wrong with America? What's wrong with British people? Mm-hmm. He 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 tells Milton Berle that uh, that you all have a preoccupation with bosoms. <laughs> with bosoms. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I mean, it's true, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's America. So good. (laughs) So, yeah, you have like, uh, like right away, they all go driving off and right away you have like uh, Sid Caesar, you know, his character and his wife go to the airport and hire a plane, which of course turns out to be an old biplane kind of thing. Like it's just an old (laughs) crappy plane. Uh, But, you know, they're like, we'll get there. And then of course they're flying and the cars are going faster than them on the road. (laughs) And they're like, no. Uh, like Jonathan Winter, there's an accident. Jonathan Winters gets on a bike. They get out a bike oh, out of his moving van and tell him to good. go ride. And he's like, "But it's a girl's bike." And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then Phil Silvers gets pulled into it by way of Jonathan Winters because he stops for him and uh, agrees. He learns about the money, like because Jonathan Winters is like, "All right, I'll tell you. Just you got to get me where I'm going. You know, I'll give you a cut, whatever." So he learns about it. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a ride." So Jonathan Winters throws the bike oh, God. away, like I don't need. And then Phil Silvers drives off without him to make his own dash for the money, and so he has to ride on this damaged bicycle <laughs> to the gas station. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, Mickey Rooney and uh, I'm just names are and Buddy Hackett. Yeah. Buddy Hackett. They were pretty to, great. Yes, and they go to an actual 
airport like a private oh my god that was one of the funniest (laughs) things holy cow is is one of my favorite cameos in this oh yeah good yeah so they they hire his plane he's good he's completely drunk when they meet him he's completely drunk all the time right and then drinks on the plane they they're trying to fly it for him he's like yeah you can do it and then hits his head and knocks him out so they have to now they fly in the plane he can't make his drink, so he's going to get up right. and go make it himself. It's just the most fashion. What could happen? <laughs> he literally puts Buddy Hackett's hands on, on the wheel. Yeah, yeah, on the wheel. Oh, my God. I, I laugh so much. And that, uh, Which then, that, that storyline eventually leads. You've got, um, oh, for crime's sakes, I've got so many notes here. You, uh, hello, brain. Uh, I'll get it. Don't worry, I've got it written down here. Carl Reiner. Thank you, God. Thank Yay! You. I, had, I was going <laughs> too. My brain was also cycling through. Uh, <laughs> it's too many There's a lot of names. Carl Reiner yeah. is the, works at the airport tower. So when when those two are trying to fly the plane, he he has to help them, and it's a uh, it's really funny. <laughs> they almost crash <laughs> yeah. into the tower. It's, it's uh, <laughs> It yeah, was so reminiscent. Well, you, you could see it in the movie Airplane. You could see that. Oh, absolutely. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, absolutely. that airport sequence has the cameo that, according to various sources, got the biggest applause. Ah. The three that, wow. I was about to say, probably my biggest <laughs> disappointment with this movie is we only got five seconds of the three students. Yeah, I was expecting them <laughs> yeah. to, like, come back or something. And they're, they're literally fire, just standing fire. there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> They play a little smile their music. Yes, they do play their music. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> and it got a huge reaction. <laughs> Go figure. Mm-hmm. I can't stand the Three Stooges personally, but I love I love this cameo, but I cannot stand them outside. Of I think it's pretty funny that the most physical, comedically, and they're just standing there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's right. it. They don't do. They don't I even do. like mug, make a face, or you know, they're just nope. like just watching. Yeah, the, it's almost as if, you know, what what is so funny about that is what we imagine how inept this fire department <laughs> yes. must be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what? yeah, what would happen if they had to move into action, if they hadn't landed in the manner they did? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. By the way, I, I just noticed my note on the Jim Backus thing that he does say it's the only way to fly when he's oh, in there with uh, his classic commercial right. line that was super famous at the time. Yeah, I'm like, of course they shoehorn that in, you know. Uh. <laughs> and it's perfect. Uh yeah, yeah. And you do have Sylvester and oh and then you have uh so they're flying. Sid Caesar and Edie Adams end up they they get out of the plane, rent a car, uh or, or take a cab to a hardware store that's closing. That was good. But they're like, no, please, please, you have to let us in. Please, we just need some shovels, whatever, because they're getting close, right? So they're, the guy's like, okay, well, Mr. Whatever's inside. So they, he lets them in. They go down to the basement kind of area of this store. And, of course, the guy who's still in there doesn't know they're there. So he closes the basement door, locks yeah. it. It's this big, heavy thing. So they're stuck in there. So then you have a number of scenes throughout the next portion of the movie where they're trying to get. So the first one, they've got all these candles lit because the, they turned the power off as well. Yep. And then because, of course, you do that every time you leave the start, turn everything off. Uh, and then he's driving a forklift, like trying to drive <sighs> through the walls to get it. <laughs> 
<laughs> nothing he tries works. Yeah. Uh, shocks himself on the alarm cables trying to set that off. And uh, yeah. And you get, you get this like increasing, like you're getting more and more scenes of each person and it's getting really, really crazy. And everybody's in these crazy moments that you're cutting in between them all. And you're like, Oh my God. Uh, and you have like, it comes down to where you have Caesar and Adams. Uh, they set the wood staircase on fire in the, up to the door that they're trying to get out of. So that burns, but it's still standing. You get Phil Silvers. He's, he's been, uh, he picked a guy up who needed help. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drive you to your house, whatever. And ends up way down this super steep hill. His car's leaking oil. Cause it's hit a rock. Uh, oh, he yeah. can't he can't get out up the hill so there's a kid he's like i know another way so he shows him the other way and he has to drive through a river for part of it which the kid walks through it's really easy phil silvers of course tries to drive the car through and it floats down the river um so he's Apparently, floating down there go uh, ahead phil silvers was terrified because he didn't know how to swim yeah oh, I, God. I wow. yeah <laughs> um You've got Milton Berle and Terry Thomas are on the side of the road having a fight after their car has turned over, basically. <laughs> they, like, lose a tire and everything goes to heck. Um, uh, Benji and Dingbat are uh, in their airplane, still out of control. They fly through a billboard. Um, Jonathan Winters along with, with uh, well, he's with Emmeline and with um, Ethel Merman. So they're all together and they're like, what do we do now? Captain Culpepper's at a point where he's just done with everything. And uh, and Sylvester is still on his way to get his mama to help her. And that's where the intermission comes in. Like everything gets crazy. Intermission. At the one hour I, and 30 minute mark. I did like the the kind of like <laughs> simultaneous montage of this is going wrong. This is going wrong. This is going Yes. <laughs> the the big build up at that point, I think it was good. Uh, so in the uh, original intermission, which is what they attempted to do for me in my extended cut, um, <laughs> they played, um, they had special recordings of the police updating the audience on what everyone in the movie was doing. That's kind of funny. So kind of, <laughs> I, I don't know if that was in my version or yeah, not. Yeah, it's it's it um, the way that they did it in on the Criterion Extended Edition was <laughs> that the screen was completely black, and then every like twenty to thirty seconds, another one would play, and then there was like four minutes of silence and black screen, <laughs> and I just <laughs> sat there going, well, yeah, I, I hope think this works." I think yeah. They did that intermission one of the times I saw it, like the last time I saw it at the Cinerama Dome, because I remember that. Like I went, I I left as soon as the intermission started to use the restroom and came back, and those were playing. I was like, oh wow, I didn't, I don't remember these before. So, must have been the version they were using. That's cool. So yeah, so you're you're just at intermission, at the point that most movies would end. Yeah. An hour and 30 minute mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's still so much fun. Uh, that well, got even, me to page. Uh, that got me to page five. So, yeah, I was really I was halfway through. I think even when you consider where we think as, you know, an audience watching this movie, where we think it would end, which is the big W. Yeah. There's still yes. so much more after that. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we come back from intermission and pick everybody up again. 
and uh, uh, yeah, everybody's a little bit calmer. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, oh, you have a great cameo with uh, Don Knotts where Phil Silver's oh, yeah. hitchhiking. Cool. And Don Knotts picks him up in his classic uh, nervous guy kind of character. Yep. And and so uh, Phil Silver starts telling, there's a helicopter. And we know it's the police helicopter that's just kind of tracking him. But he's like, look at that. They're following me. And he gives him this whole story about about he's uh, Agent X-27 of the CIA. <laughs> and you have to, I'm going to drive up here to this station. You have to get out and you have to call the CIA. And tell them, you know, X-27 is in trouble, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, what? Oh, my gosh. So he convinces him to get out of the car. And then, of course, the second he does, he drives off without him. Uh, so that Phil Silvers can have the car, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a his, horrible, awful person. <laughs> Don Knotts' character's name is Nervous, Nervous Motorist. So Nervous. I'm wondering, <laughs> perhaps perfect. they had him in mind. Because <laughs> he's perfect for that. I think they so may have. have. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, what next? Well, I'd, I'd heard, I'd read that the uh, many of the cameos they they were suited to the different actors that they that they wanted to get and um what was it they wanted to get um see this is this will expose that i don't really know that much about them laurel or hardy one i know one of them had passed away by the time this movie started yeah Uh, yeah oliver hardy and so they wanted to get him and so they had pre-filmed someone in a bowler hat driving away or standing at a distance um, and when they couldn't couldn't get him to agree to do it they just had to find another actor and have them wear the hat even though they had never worn a hat like that in their career <laughs> <laughs> oh interesting yeah I mean, well, for I sure well sorry well the uh the, the jerry lewis cameo was awesome i think that was probably yeah, one of yeah. my favorite ones that was my, yeah because yeah. cole pepper accidentally throws his hat out the window <laughs> and it lands it in the street again. and the other cop goes out to get it and jerry lewis is driving up the street and of course swerves to hit it and yeah. like, <laughs> you know? yeah, well, cross-eyed the entire time i'm like there he is well it's <laughs> like like suiting suiting these cameos to the actors like my favorite jack penny because uh, uh, Ethel Merman and everybody, they're fighting on the side of the road, and he pulls up in a in a, a convertible reminiscent of his Maxwell that he had on the radio show, um, and and he stops and he offers to help, and they're like, "Would you get out of here?" You know, like shut up, and and he just goes, "Well," and that's his signature line yes. from uh-huh. from his, from radio and TV and everything. It's just <laughs> well, <laughs> so yeah, they they do everything you know, to get the signature pieces out there, which is fun. Yeah. So everybody's, everybody's kind of heading toward the beach, the, the park that they need to be at in Santa Rosita. And, uh, you know, they all get out of the fixes that they're in at that point. And, uh, and they all arrive in taxis and whatnot to the state park. Uh, which they get to by going up the California incline in Santa Monica. Right. I was so thrown off. That is Santa Monica. Okay. <laughs> yes. Me too. I'm it's... like, that's not there. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're supposed to be down near uh, Mexico. Right. But uh, I was trying to figure out where a park that big would be right in Santa Monica. Cause that was a, you know, a lot of shrubbery and, and it, it's not at all 
like what's here, but isn't it in uh, Palos Verdes is where they filmed Palos that part? That part is where they did part of it. So yeah, that would make yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, so they're in this park and everybody's running around, you know, they're, they all, you know, trickle in. And so they're, they're running around the park trying to find whatever this big W is like it's a waterfall. It's so they've been theorizing this through the whole movie, right? What, what is it that we're looking for? The big W. I really like um, that moment when Emmeline spots it. Yeah, that was oh, good. Yeah, it's very, it was sweet. very sweet. Yeah, yeah, and she yeah, talks she's to um to Culpepper about mm-hmm. it. And throughout the movie, she's the only one who's been like, "This is disgusting. What you're all doing? <laughs> this is horrible. You're horrible people. We need to just let it go." She says, and, "Let's know. take this to the police and let them handle it. This isn't our business." Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And when she spots the big W, she says, "I believe doesn't she say it just isn't fair." Yeah. It's just yeah. Like a nice way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I did, I like it. Um, I think, did Sylvester eventually run into, oh no, the um, Jonathan Winters was chasing <laughs> the guy who wronged him initially yes, through it. And so then they yeah. all, yeah, so then they all discover it. <laughs> I do love it cuts back to, to her and Culpepper. She's like, well, that was a nice dream for about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> But you, I like the music that you get there where they're singing O.W., you know, as you okay, kind of yeah. see it. And it's because it, it is, spoiler alert, it's, uh, <laughs> four, it's four palm trees in the shape of a W, which uh, I always think of every time I see some of the In-N-Out burgers that have the palm trees. Oh, that's right. Kind of crossed and things. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's a big <laughs> W. Um <laughs> And apparently, I, the W, from what I understand, was there for many years after. But I do believe that some of the trees are gone now, so you know they oh. died off. So I heard that there's just one now. Oh, it's just a wolf. <laughs> that makes me very sad. <laughs> <laughs> I never got to see the big W in person, and I would have loved to. But yeah, but they go up and down the California incline a couple of times, and that thrills me to no end, especially like seeing that part and they go through Malibu and part of it too, yeah. on PCH and just seeing how different that stretch is <laughs> now. And the entire yeah. incline has been redone recently, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, all of that looks so different. And aren't they driving through Long Beach too? kind of the, yes. Okay. I'm not crazy. That looks like Long Beach. Yeah. Long yeah. Beach and San Pedro are big in this end part yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, See, uh, I feel like I finally belong here because I pointed out that's Long Beach. <laughs> it was just like, do you think? I don't know. And then all of a sudden they pulled back and there was some building. She's like, it is Long Beach. That building Good the green job. The yeah. Here's your badge. That's Later. right. You're official now. <laughs> Honestly, but just like the amount of stunts. I was I very was impressed with, yeah, with, with the all of the driving. And, and I mean, yeah, they did cut to like people obviously like in a, on a soundstage with, with some green screen stuff, but the actual driving and car crashes and the flips. Driving, oh, and the driving, the car stunts were like road warrior. Yeah. Like, like Mad Max level. level. Oh yes. It was crazy. Like how did, and, I don't know. Did anybody die on this? Because geez. I, so. I, I was reading a fact that said there were about, like 100 working stuntmen in Hollywood at the time when they made this movie, and about 80 of them worked on this film. Yeah, I can believe <laughs> oh it. Yeah, 
Even the, the airplane stuff, because they actually yes. did fly through that hangar. They I, uh, actually did that was fly very through cool. the billboard. Yep. And they had practiced the billboard a few times with just paper. And when they went through it, actually, it was like balsa wood. It worked, but it still like stalled out one of the engines. And they oh, were still man. they were able to get back safely. But, I mean, all, that's all stuff now that would just be CGI'd. And oh, yeah. There's no way it. you'd do it for real. Yeah. Yeah, and I was, I was kind of watching as it went through to see if it was like a model or something. I'm like, that looked. Real, it looked real because you could see the uh, the the cars for perspective on the on the road next to it. I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you get a. I'm gonna. Well, let's finish the plot here. You get the. So they they dig up the the suitcase under the big W, mm-hmm. and all the money's in there, just like Smiler said. But that's when Culpepper steps in. You get this great. You get a great shot from. The perspective of the suitcase basically looking up and yeah. everybody everybody comes over you get all their faces coming over right. you in the cat and then cold pepper comes in as well but uh and they're like wait who's this guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and so um so he tells them okay well i'm the cops you know we're, and he tells them all they need to pile into the two taxi cabs which there's a million of them <laughs> like like barely fit so you need to get in the two cabs and you need to drive to the police station. If you do that, if you turn yourselves in, you know, we may go easy on you because it'll it'll look good in court. <laughs> so they all agree to do it. Meanwhile, of course, he's taking the suitcase because he's going to abscond with it. So they they kind of watch him in the rear. Like they drive down the incline and turn one way, but then they stop because they're watching him come down and he turns the other way away from the police station. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> So they chase him. The chase is on. And I love because then you get a thing where he pulls in. It's in Malibu. And he pulls into this place along the shoreline where you have the cameo from Buster Keaton. Oh, uh, that's Buster Keaton. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's a much older guy at that point than what you're yeah. used to seeing him as. And he actually speaks a line, which was fun. But um, but he yeah, was, and he's. In the extended cut, they have audio from a scene that they were supposed to also have with him where uh, Culpepper calls him. But they oh. don't have the the visual uh, for that scene, and I wish they had because that would have been a lot of fun to see one more scene with him. Oh yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. But you get the fun like he's telling him, showing him, like signaling how to back into this garage, and then the other cars come. So then, uh, you know, so then Culpepper takes off, and he's so Buster Keaton's out there like trying to control the cars, which nobody's paying any attention to him, but he's like doing his <laughs> classic silent mm-hmm. movie kind yeah. of movements, and it's just a delight <laughs> to see was- this quick little. <laughs> definitely uh yeah and then they drive off and yeah then they're in long beach you see the old long beach pike uh roller coaster down there um on off a of shoreline drive mm-hmm. um uh yeah i made a point here about the stunt work uh oh yeah because they're driving down these alleys in long yeah. beach and there are people in the alleys and there's yes. one shot where one guy cool. jumps out of the way, like in the nick of time, like they, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, you could never get away with that now. Like that's so close. <laughs> <laughs> like there was no, yeah, woo. <laughs> and it didn't look like it was sped up or anything. It no, looked like no, really, no, yeah. that was for real. And that, that was, was at god. speed. Yeah, yeah. That that's impressive. Scary. Yes, like boy, I yeah, <laughs> they're lucky they got that. Uh, <laughs> He's lucky he didn't. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, so they're so they're all chasing Culpepper and he runs into this condemned building in Long Beach. 
And the women, I, I just love this. The women are told to stay out. It's, you know, let the men go in. I'm like, uh, whatever. But <laughs> so, uh, so they'll chase them up the stairs. Then they, they're going higher and higher and higher till they're up on the roof, you know, and, uh, and then, the, and then we see there's a rally in the park outside, which is another cameo. That's Joe E. Brown, which I think they kind of, they kind of step on his line. Cause, um, he, well, good Lord. I wrote his line down here. And, oh yeah. Cause his thing, Joey Brown's thing was he would yell, he would go, Hey, and he does it, but you don't see him do it. You just barely hear it with other sounds over it. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't know why. Oh, I didn't notice that. They kind yeah, of I didn't watch that, but, um, technically it's there. But they're all climbing over onto the fire escape, which then comes apart. They're hanging on for dear life. All the money falls out of the bag, of course. So the whole this crowd is, down there. Yeah, the sequence of them hanging from the from the the different ladders. First the yes the ladder fire of escape, the, yeah. the fire escape ladder, and then hanging from the actual fire truck ladder. Yeah, the some of those are using uh, like uh, uh, clay models, like not even real people. Yeah, I think that's it what really good for the time. Yeah, and that's yeah. what you can go see at that Hollywood Museum is the one of okay. those clay models when they're on the fire escape. Oh, um, that's cool. Which, yeah, the first time I saw that in that museum, I was like, "What did they? Is this just like a thing in honor of the movie?" But then I realized, no, they actually used this, and I never would have guessed that. I I had also watched a special feature on the Cartoon website where it pointed out the way that that the wide shot of the ladder on the fire truck going up and the you see the group uh gathered in the park and the building and then the the background and the sides that's all like composite work and it looks oh. so good yeah like, wow like the the street traffic on the sides is completely uh, from a different perspective like a they just bring it in to make the scene look busier like it's a matte painting uh, the sky and the buildings in the background and it looks great Oh yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. Even yeah. watching it in on high def TVs today, you know, yeah, it looks great. Um, so yeah, everything's going on. The fire department shows up. There's a cameo from Sterling Holloway, yeah, uh, as the fireman who's like one at a time, one at a time, and of course they all start piling on. He's like, okay, <laughs> and he like just climbs down. Like, I love how he just like <laughs> leaves them. He's like, all right, fine. <laughs> I'm not going to be involved in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, so it starts swinging out of control and then each character, the characters start getting thrown off. Right. So you have Sid Caesar gets thrown into back into like the building and falls down the staircase. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter Falk gets thrown into the onto the bridge over I, the pond in the th park. These are just um, practically cartoonish. The oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, the dummy falling because you get the, the shot where the like the camera is looking up and you just see this dummy like falling towards the lens yes. for each yeah, of them. Those are clearly ridiculous. Dummies. Yeah. You get right. This is the question part. You get Rochester, Eddie Rochester Anderson, who falls into the lap of a an Abraham Lincoln statue. Like that was <laughs> a little was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he had like I was totally expecting like the Lincoln statue had almost like googly eyes or someone had put like <laughs> stone but someone had like sharpened right. in some people I thought he was gonna like look at him or something right. <laughs> it's like rubber it very yeah. much bounces when he hits it oh yeah yes, yes. 
Uh, Phil Silvers gets thrown through the window, through a window onto a Murphy bed, which then cl- closes into the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Sylvester and a couple others uh, end up on the top of a palm tree. Oh, it's Sylvester. It's uh, Milton Burl, Jonathan Winters. I, I'm going back and forth between character and real names uh, and Captain <laughs> Culpepper. Um, then the latter hits a power line and electrocutes Benji and Dingbat and Terry Thomas, and they go into a fountain. Uh, uh, Jonathan Winters falls, falls out of the palm tree into a concrete vat. Uh, Milton Burl falls down there. They like fall on a palm frond as they, it's really weird. Um, he falls onto a store awning. Uh, Sylvester falls down onto a buffet table in the park. Of course, slides down the whole thing because that's comedy. Um, <laughs> and Culpepper, uh, he fall. Oh, he slides on the on the palm frond, slides down a wire into a pet shop, and you hear all the. Oh, and he's in the pet shop, and the dogs are <laughs> licking him, which is a really weird scene because they just repeat the couple yeah. of seconds yeah. over and over again you're like why that's weird they're like they won't notice it's like we know what boomerang is now so we right, will notice. <laughs> right. <laughs> obviously he moves in a weird way so then we have our we cap the whole movie everybody's in the hospital in just ridiculous traction full, yeah full body casts in different poses yeah i like some the of them, uh, finger casts on, yes. on the one <laughs> i like the one guy who's hanging like in traction completely above the bed no part of him <laughs> is, is that touching the really? bed yeah yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So everybody's like this. They're all in there and they're all, you know, lamenting. They're like and yelling at they're blaming Culpepper for everything because, you know, <laughs> he made all this happen. And then he laments that, you know, what, you know, I've lost. It'll make you happy to know. Basically, I've lost everything. My wife, my daughter, my job, my everything. And he says, I'd like to think that sometime many years from now. There will be something I can laugh at. Yeah. And and Benji then, for no reason at all, finishes a banana and throws the peel on the floor. Uh, then the women arrive, Ethel Merman at the lead, of course. They're in like kind of doctor nurse outfits. I think they're in prison uniforms. Yeah, I think yeah. they're supposed to be prison yeah. uniforms. Are they? Yeah. yeah. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, like, why are they? Well, I mean, if they're, they're in, in those prison, blue. In the blue oh, one. they're yeah. in like the prison hospital, right? Yeah, yeah. I do, That's my what God, I thought. I never put that together before. <laughs> 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 it makes perfect sense. I never put it together. Okay. Uh, so they arrive. She's in the lead. They're like marching in there, you know, and she's about to, she starts reading them the riot act, wagging that finger again. Oh, God. Slips on the banana peel, lands on her butt, and they all fall into hysterics. Even Culpepper, he finally gets to laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the end. The she finally end. got her comeuppance. Yeah. She had gotten a few comeuppances. <laughs> she got and dumped just, in the trash a couple Just times. a lesson she curious. will not learn. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the the movie gives thanks and apologies to all the locations. Where that was funny. Filmed. So it was Agura, Kernville, Long Beach, Malibu, Oxnard, Palm Desert, Palm Springs, Palos Verdes Estates, San Pedro, Santa Ana, uh, mm. Santa Barbara, Santa Monica, 29 Palms, Universal City, and Yucca Valley. That's a what lot was of this and filming wow. schedule like. It I was because all I kept reading was how hot it was and how miserable oh, they all were. Yeah. Oh yeah, it oh, looked. I mean, it looked hot. They were yeah. like, I mean, they're all running around, but they were like sweating in every scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
And then you have the opening credits. You have great Saul Bass title animation, uh, which is just always every time Saul Bass does credits, <laughs> they're great. Uh, and that was I, a long it needed song. to be seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I did remember pausing. I'm like, that was well, because we get like we get the overture, yeah, and then the credits, yes. And but then black screen for but quite that's a while. The roadshow thing, yeah. The overture oh, and the intermission, okay. like that's roadshow. So like mine didn't have the full overture on it. It just had the opening titles and song thing there, which I own two copies of the score <laughs> for this movie. There is so much music in this movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and I, um, I just love the theme music. It's just Oh, it's great. I, I think the theme is great. I think it's like well, the, the very cheesy like 60s choir yeah uh, <laughs> at the beginning but there's so much music and it, it was interesting in the credits it said uh, i can't remember the composer's name actually uh but it's like oh so and so composed and conducted um ernest gold uh and ernest the los gold, angeles yes. philharmonic and yeah the la phil which is odd because today yeah. we don't record film scores with the la phil you you get it's it's like entirely freelance essentially but they got the la philharmonic to record wow. this entire thing <laughs> which is probably honestly a par for the course then but it's a yeah, lot I, of I remember a lot of movies having like the LA Phil or other, you know, yeah. big orchestras like that on, you know, like set orchestras rather than, yeah, like they do now where it's, yeah. Occasionally they'll still do. I remember for, uh, for Lincoln, John Williams went to, I think it was the Chicago Symphony they recorded. Yeah. Um, but very, very rare to do that today. <laughs> John Williams can, you know, get whoever he wants. John right? can do what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie John, was. She says. <laughs> yes, she's in. You know. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm jealous. That's all. <laughs> me too. I'm completely jealous. I'm jealous of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's. that's I still can't believe it. So <laughs> yes. Uh, so the movie did win one Oscar in 1964 for best sound effects. Of all, all right, things. and it was nominated for cinematography, color, uh, best sound, best editing, best original song, and best score. Now, the song I don't know, I didn't look it up. I meant to. Was it? I'm guessing it was the song that Sylvester and the and the woman were dancing to. It oh, it had been, a, was it, it not the title been, song? Well, it could I have been the, the title, title song. Do but I I don't know. I kind of thought it might knowing angry the dance. anatomy, it might be, yeah the angry dance song. So yeah, well, um, Tutti Fruity was a dance. What was a song way before yeah. 1963? I'm like 99% certain it's the title song that was up yeah. for it, it and I hated that title song. <laughs> also, yeah, I don't. I, I, I like the music in this movie. Enough. I yeah, it hated was, it was the title the, song. It was the title song. <laughs> oh, okay, thank you for checking that. Yeah, no, that's that absolutely. That's why I thought maybe it was the other one because I couldn't believe that the title song would have been the one nominated. I kind of want to see the other nominees now. Well, because the the rules for <laughs> for um like original song is it has to be written for the movie. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I'm pulling up the other nominees. Yes, thank you. And then the Golden Globes, it was nominated for Best Picture, Comedy, or Musical, and Best Actor for Jonathan Winters, which he well deserved. Well deserved. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So for the 1964, we're Oscars, not going to have heard of any of these, but go <laughs> ahead. Um, the nominees were well, uh, Charade from Charade right. by oh, Henry Mancini. That's a good song. Uh, the, it's a mad, <laughs> mad, mad, mad world song. Uh, mm -hmm. Mondo Kane. I've heard uh, of that. I don't know what it is. 55 Days at Peking. The song was called So Little Time. The winner 
was Call Me Irresponsible in Papa's oh. Delicate Condition. Music by James Van Heusen. <laughs> lyrics by Sammy Kahn. Okay. Well, call, well, call Me Irresponsible and Charade are like two standards now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's good. <laughs> At this least one must good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did want to mention, of course, there is a good deal of misogyny and racism in this movie. Um, <laughs> As was the style at the time. Yes. There is a Chinese 60s. laundry in one part. Oh, of yeah. It. That was like, like yeah. okay. Yeah. So there are, there are some, you know, cringeworthy things in it, but it was 63. So, yeah. It know, wasn't that even, bad. It, no, it it's like, not like yeah. pervasive, but. Yeah. I mean, some some would say that the caricature of the annoying mother-in-law is oh, yeah. bad enough misogyny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's it such is a funny. Stereotype. I'm not gonna say it's not, but it, in this film, but it's definitely like uh, was a thing at the time. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it was. It's it's an easy joke to make. Yeah, always. <laughs> I think that's Milton Berle's career is based on yeah. jokes of mother-in-laws and Sid Caesar. Yeah. I think what we, what I, what I, I want us to think about to tackle is, you know, is this film still relevant? Like, should should we just forget about it and and go, okay, Rat Race was the new one, right? Let's just say <laughs> that's the the standard, or or is this film? I mean, does it still work? It does for me, but I, I don't it's know. For me, but again, yeah, I, I would me, be interested to see what a younger audience would think of it. I think, yeah. um, because it, it was a lot of nostalgia for me seeing all of these, mm-hmm. you know, comedians from then. But uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it has. I, I don't know if it could hold their attention long enough. Yeah. This, like, yeah, it's really like long. for me watching when I because I saw Rat Race when it came out in theaters because you know I was like, well, I want to see. They kind of touted it as a modern version of this. So I wanted to see how it was. And to me, it doesn't, it's fine, but it doesn't measure up at all to what this was just because, yeah, it has a lot of people in it, but it's not, I think we don't have that brand of comedic actor anymore, or we didn't at the time they did Rat Race. Yeah. And, and certainly not as many. So uh, it, I didn't think it did the job as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you come into this and you didn't grow up watching it like I did, and you don't know who people like Jack Benny or Buster Keaton are when you see them in this, uh, I mean, I would imagine some of it's funny, but yeah, it's really long. And I don't know that younger people would want to invest in these bunch of people. They might not know who they are. Uh, I mean, I still think artistically it's got merit, but... Yeah, does it? Would it appeal to younger people? Probably not. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't know unless you know, maybe you're really into comedy or stunt driving. <laughs> you have, to, you have <laughs> to have an access point. Like, oh, yes. my parents showed me a lot of movies with yeah. you know Milton Berle or something. So, okay, I get who that is. I get who these people are. But if it's just somebody, some general kid today, with no background in that. Who cares, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think yeah, you put it perfectly. A lot of the, I, I did enjoy a lot of the slapstick, but for me, it just went on like a little too long. And then the a little too long adds up, of course, to like this very long movie. Like I enjoyed the scenes and I, I enjoyed all of the, the physical comedy, but like after the fourth wall that Jonathan Winters runs through, I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. But yeah, and, no, and, and fair, I did. I watch that for the entire three hours. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> three hours of Jonathan Winters smashing. Yeah, I, I told that, yeah. 
<laughs> just running but, from location to location, going through different walls. <laughs> oh, Beating man. the dynamite to bust down the wall into the laundromat. Oh, man. <laughs> just calling the juggernaut. Yeah. <laughs> and there, is, there is a lot of classic comedy in this, regardless of who's doing it. There, It's a classic physical uh, comedy. There's classic, yeah, just comedy, mo- things blowing up and whatever, you know, and people reacting to that. I mean, that's classic stuff. But, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. And I know I've heard of a lot of younger people who adore Rat Race. So that's their mad, 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 mad world, you know. But, yeah, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I still love this movie, but, you know, it's been a favorite since I was a kid, so. Yeah, I'm I'm a new fan of this movie. Um, Yay. Yeah, I I would definitely watch it again in small chunks. (laughs) And I do recommend that. Watch to the intermission and watch the rest another day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'll echo that. I know you were afraid, Cheryl, that we all hated it. Yeah. Uh, I very much did enjoy this movie, but I did feel its length. And that's someone who's seen Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood like 10 times wow. and would watch it right now if it was coming wow. on again. I have <laughs> so I can tell you. <laughs> but yeah, there were certain points where I'm like, okay, so this is just like set piece, green screen, set piece, green screen. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's get to the point here, it but. Is- it is to be on an epic comedy. Yes. So it is yeah. Epic yeah. Length. yeah. He was kind of checking out with the in the overture. <laughs> He's like, God, this yeah. is so long. Ah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. killing me. But no, I did. I really enjoyed it. Uh, seeing all these people that I either grew up watching, like the Three Stooges or Jonathan Winters. And uh, to me, the cameo MVP was Peter Falk. I he oh, was yeah. in the movie for a very yeah. short amount of time at yeah. the end, and he put his stamp all over that thing. <laughs> it took uh, me a second because I'm like, I know who that is, and I'm like, Princess Bride, ha ha. <laughs> oh wow! Well, Columbo, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, yeah as <this> well. <laughs> I, I would struggle with recommending it. I, I think it, I would have to kind of pick and choose who I would say, like, oh, you haven't seen that? You should definitely watch it because I, I don't think it is something that everyone would appreciate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but seeing uh, you know Southern California back in the day was really cool. Seeing areas that I've driven up and down before, uh, you know what it looked like back in the '60s was awesome. And then seeing all of these people packed in one movie, I mean, yeah. I I'm of the the Cannonball Run generation where that was like a big deal, oh, yeah. and this was that on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> but and I like what you said about yeah picking and choosing who you'd recommend this to. Like if you knew someone was really into comedy and wanted some more history of comedy, absolutely. I would recommend this movie to them because Mm -hmm. it gives you such a great look at, you know, people who came before the people you watch now. I'm Elisa Gonzalez, and I can be reached on Twitter at this Elisa. I'm Andrew Lindy. Uh, I do some other podcasts, such as 
Nothing New, a remake podcast where every month my co-host and I talk about film remakes. Uh, you can find that on the Ben Network, as well as Dunstan Checks Men, uh, where we break down minute by minute the 1996 eight film Dunstan Checks In and we pair each minute with another feature film. Uh, that's ending soon, uh, so enjoy it while you can. Hey! <laughs> Uh, you can find both of those on the Ben V Network, BenVNetwork.com. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Podcaster Andrew. So many Dunstan Checks minutes. Um, <laughs> I am Bethany Brinton. I am a musician and composer. You can find me at Bethany Brinton on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and we are, it's on my list. Uh, you can give us a rating and review on Apple. That would be awesome. You can find us at It's On My List Pod on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, I believe. And uh, let us know your favorite bit of this movie, if you've seen this movie, if you haven't seen this movie, your favorite comedian, favorite cameo. There's only 927 to pick from, so (laughs) let us know. And I am Cheryl Jones. You can listen to five years of Movies Made Me at mmmpodcast.com. And please follow at MyCore4Pod across social media. I swear I will have that show started soon. (laughs) And I'm Joe Myers. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ThatJoeMyers. I'm also the co-host of a horror podcast, The Podcast Macabre. You can find us at PodcastMacabre.com and find all of our social media platforms from there. And you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. And thanks for listening to It's On My List. And, and thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening to. to... <laughs> I love Liz. I thought we were all going to do it at once. I don't know. I was like, ah! it suddenly started happening that way. <laughs> Both of us saw the hole, and we're like, oh, ah. Oh. <laughs>